You're listening to Healthcare Now Radio. Stand by for this just in the latest in healthcare innovation and technology trends with your HIT advisor, Justin Barnes. Tuning in and welcome to This Just In. I'm your host, Justin Barnes. In this half hour segments, I'll bring you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. As always, we're broadcasting from the This Just In studios on the Business Radio X network as well as the Healthcare Now radio network. And before we dive into my guest today, I want to take a moment to let everyone know that we'll be broadcasting the This Just In radio show again live from the HIMSS annual conference in Las Vegas on Wednesday, March 7th from 10 a.m. Pacific to 2 p.m. Pacific. Many more details to come here shortly, but I hope everyone is planning on attending the conference. If you are not, though, you'll be able to listen to our show and stream live here at thisjustinradio.com. We'll have another great slate of CEO, CIO, leading care providers, industry thought leaders, riveting authors, and certainly policymakers joining the show. For this episode, though, my 116th episode, we're going to speak with entrepreneur, business coach, public speaker, Anthony McCarley, CEO of McCarley International. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Thank you, Justin. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And we met about 20 years ago. We're catching up a little bit offline here. But um, uh, we met uh, HBO and Company, McKesson, uh, back in, boy, I think it was, I think we kind of concluded right around 1997. But we have a lot of, yeah, good friends still in common, too. So great to have you on air and make your acquaintance again, my friend. Thank you. It is my pleasure. So before we dive in too deep, because you have a really interesting story, and I've been tracking this for many months through some of our mutual friends, but uh, we'll dive in here in a moment. But please offer my audience just a little background about you, where'd you grow up, attend college, all that good stuff. Yeah, so I'm a California guy. I grew up in California, and um, I've actually been out in the Philadelphia area now for about 20 years because, as you mentioned, HBOC bought a company out here in the Philadelphia area, and I moved out here to help run the business. I thought I'd be here two or three years, and I'm here 20 years later. Um, but I've spent my entire career in, in healthcare IT, both from you know the HBOC McKesson kind of companies, yeah. you know, the larger companies to the smaller entrepreneurial companies. But my entire career has been in healthcare IT, and I've done everything from programming and service work to general management work to CEO work. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, well, your background you know suits you very well for what you're doing and, and what we'll talk about uh, today. But you know, you know, entrepreneur, business coach, speaker. And uh, and marathon swimmer. So this is what you know. Let's dive into that because that you know your story <laughs> is fascinating, and I know my audience is going to love to hear it. So tell us where kind of how you got to where you are. Well, you know, on the marathon swimming, it was it was actually not really about marathon swimming. I, I can't tell you how or why, Justin, but from the time I, I was a little boy, I always wanted to swim the English Channel. I just always wanted to do it, and. I woke up one day and I was almost 50 years old and I was like, holy schmoly, I'm running out of time. I better go do something about it. So um, it took me a couple of years to get it done, but I I ended up successfully swimming the English Channel in 2013 and done a whole bunch of other swims since then. So I I think there's a lot of crossover between the skill set and the emotions and the traits and all those kinds of things and marathon swimming and entrepreneurship. Yeah, so there's a and there's kind of a trifecta in your story and and um, certainly on your website and, and how you you know when you speak to audiences you talk about 
um, not only swimming, you know, successfully swimming across the English Channel, but the motivation to get there and the challenges. Then also, you did much more than that. So talk a little bit about that. So you mean on the swimming side? Talk a little yeah. bit more about the yeah. swimming. Yeah. So so yeah. So I'm the you know I'm the eighth person. I was the 97th person to ever do what's called the Triple Crown of Marathon Swimming, which is the English Channel around Manhattan, the 28 and a half miles around Manhattan, and then the 20.2 miles from the Catalina Island to the California shore. And I was the eighth person to ever do that in less than 12 months. But it really all came about because I figured out uh, how to apply my business skills and my project management skills into my hobby of swimming. So there's a big there's a big crossover there in terms of emotional management, knowledge management, physical management. I'm sorry, I think I cut you off, Justin. Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean it's just the the focus. I mean, how do you how long does it take to swim that again, the English Channel? So the English Channel took me 13 hours and 29 minutes. It is 20.7 miles from the English shore to the French shore, and um, and I, I think you know I think the thing that really people don't realize is not just the day that's hard to do; it's all the preparation, right? I mean, you spend a tremendous amount of time training and working to do that. It, like I said, it took me three years from the time I realized that I was getting too old to do it, I better go do it now, and the time I was successful. And I tell you, this public speaking happened because in, in marathon swimming, there's always a way, there's always somebody there helping you swim, right? You're, you have your crew, you have people helping you. It's all like, oh, there's lots of people there. And so it's important to the sport that you get back to the sport. And so what happened is I, you know, I can spend 13 hours in the ocean and I'm fine. I spend 13 minutes on a boat <laughs> and I get seasick. So I could not give back the same way most people give back for others. And that's by being crew for a big swim. So what I was doing is I was going around to the local swim teams and just, you know, life lessons from marathon swimming kind of talks, just giving back that way. And I would try to spend time talking about whatever coaches wanted me to talk about and those kinds of things, taking the lessons and applying them to the teenagers on their swim team. Well, from there, I had a friend of mine who was an executive at a, at a global 50 company, different company than McKesson at Siemens, and he convinced me to come do their kickoff and be their keynote speaker. And it took weeks for him to convince me to do it because it's a big deal talking to executives versus talking to teenagers, and sure. it's quite a different jump to present yourself that way. But anyway, it was just a fabulous success. And then so Siemens had me fly out to Munich. I did presentations over in Munich. Then I came back and other people in the U.S. had heard about it. So I just did more and more presentations at the executive level. And I, quite frankly, I, was, I, was, I didn't plan to become a business coach. It was not my intent. But because the talk can cover so much, everything from resilience and accepting failure to project management to communication to leadership and go so many different ways, I would sit down with the business executives ahead of time and just talk to them about what was going on in their business. What were their priorities? What was the core three, two, one, two or three messages they wanted their audience to hear that day? Where was their vision for the business? What was their competition doing? What are their challenges? Just you know, the basic stuff, yeah. but, but really the important stuff, right? And so what happened is, is that after these talks and after those kinds of conversations, the prep sessions, the executives were like, what will it take to keep talking to you? I want you to keep helping my business. I want you to keep helping me. And so the business coaching piece of my life has happened very organically. No, that's fascinating. So how do you maintain your focus, though, for so long, for a 13-hour process and period? 
Well, you know, and that's, there's a big crossover business on that too. Cause I, I would tell you that at the same time I was developing my emotional strength mm -hmm. to swim that long and do that long. Mm -hmm. I, and I would do all kinds of things in training to do it. I would make my workouts intentionally very, very hard. So for example, my typically a big swim for me is a Saturday morning and I get in the water at six o'clock on Saturday morning. Well, I don't eat or drink anything from 6 p.m. the night before on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. So that by the time I've hit the water at 6 a.m. on Saturday, I haven't had anything to eat in 12 hours, nothing to drink. And then I do my workout, my three or four hour workout by consuming nothing either. So I just make it as emotionally tough as possible. The kinds of workouts I do, I swim alone. I don't work out with others. I just do all kinds of little things to trick myself to make it as hard as possible. I don't clear my goggles. I know that sounds crazy, wow. but I deal with that. I don't stretch in between things. I just keep going. You know? So there's all kinds of little things that I do. And the thing that I found fascinating, the thing that, uh, you know, in reflection, and uh, in reflection, right, is the company I was running into health, it had a couple of pivots before it found its sweet spot. And then we had a nice exit. But what I found, so all that was going on at the same time I was doing all this training and all this swimming. And so you would have thought I was overloaded, but instead it increased my focus. It made me emotionally tougher in business and emotionally yeah. tougher in swimming at the same time. And I think there's that, lots of applicability that for entrepreneurs, if you look at things, Justin, yeah. It's not, and I. And so one of the things that I coach at, at McCarley International now is a thing called PKE, and it's physical. A lot of people ask you, what's how much is physical, how much is mental, right? Yeah. And it's really that's really an imprecise way to look at it. I believe. I believe there's the physical side to everything. There's the knowledge side, right? Like knowing how to swim that kind of distance, knowing what you have to do for nutrition and how you parallel the boat and all that kind of stuff. You know, lots of people have MBAs, lots of people have lots of business knowledge, but the difference, Justin, between successful leaders in business, successful sports folks or whatever is really the emotional side, right? So I call it PKE and I help people develop ways to make themselves stronger if there's a knowledge issue, we deal with a knowledge issue, but that's really not the case. It's really, you know, it's the traits, it's the emotions, it's those kinds of things, it's the discipline, it's those kinds of things that I call emotional that make the big difference in business and sports and swimming. Yeah, I actually couldn't agree more. And we kind of hit on this a little bit when uh, we were talking before the show today. But um, that was a huge difference for me. I, you're a business coach, and I attribute a lot of our success in selling our company, uh, Greenway, uh, to having the right business and executive coaches. And that was our biggest, certainly my personal uh, growth area. I had a lot of domain knowledge and expertise and great leadership right. skills. But right. emotional right. intelligence, emotional maturity was a lot of work that I had to do. Because um, I was always running and gunning from a young age. I was a very young entrepreneur. I think I started my first business when I was 20 years old. And for you. but, right. you know, you, you can achieve financial, some financial success that way, but true happiness and really being the best leader that you possibly can be, possibly can be and also achieve the highest goals uh, you need to have. You need to be well-rounded. And that emotional maturity was critically important for me. And, and as, as I told you offline, that was the difference, I think, from us from Greenway selling, say, for 300 million. And we sold for 644 million uh, after we took right. the company public. And that I attribute about 300 million dollars of growth to that two years or we took we had about a year and a half of leadership coaching we, we created a leadership academy and so it wasn't just us it was also the next level down of leaders in the company and even one level down from there that made a huge difference in taking our company public uh, and then getting the exit uh, that we wanted so I, I love what you do and how you do it so. 
Good, yeah, good for you. That's a great story, Justin. Thank you. So, you know, one one example I use in my audience because sometimes people still come back and you know they ask follow-on questions that kind of stuff and they still get caught up in you know the physical mental definition, right? And so one of the examples I use with my audience is I talk about a baseball pitcher, right? A baseball, a professional baseball pitcher who just gave up a home run, right? He knows the next batter is a sucker for a sinker. He knows that, right? right? So he's got the physical ability because he's a professional baseball player. He has the physical ability to throw a sinker. <laughs> he has the knowledge, right? In fact, everybody in the stadium yeah. and everybody at home watching on TV, everybody knows the next batter is a, is a sucker for a sinker. But the whole question is, is does he have the emotional ability to control the situation enough to successfully throw the sinker? Right. right, and I think that's applicable because in a marathon swim, every swimmer mm-hmm. goes through what's called the dark period. I used to think it was me because I didn't, I wasn't that good, but I've, now I've figured out that the best marathon swimmers in the world, they all go through a dark period. For me, it's a little bit before halfway, or it's about three quarters of the way, and I know that it's coming. Right, and so in business, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, or you're a business professional, you've got a tough situation. There's always emotional things that how you react to those emotional things makes the biggest difference. It's not the knowledge; yeah. it's the emotional situation. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. And and I I try to keep politics out of everything in my life. I, I spend a lot of time on Capitol Hill, fiercely bipartisan. I don't play the the political game. However, mm-hmm. just listening to you speak. There's so much that that would be relevant to where we are today in politics if we could keep the emotions out of it um, and really just make strong decisions. There's so much opportunity uh, politically in this country for all sides, but I see way, I see emotions and emotional immaturity so much at the highest levels, Republican and Democrat. I'm, again, I'm bipartisan. I don't I don't play these games, but um, you know I love what you, ha- you know, again you're saying because I think our country has so much to learn. From. Well, and I, you know, and I think that emotional piece is part of it too. I think you're absolutely right. If if people weren't so easily assuaged by their emotions, mm-hmm. right, and if we weren't so easily manipulated by our emotions, if we everybody just sat back and logically looked at the situation and said, we have the knowledge to become to be whatever we want to be in the future, right? We're the biggest, most powerful right. Com- country in the world, right? We have all kinds of potential. Yes, there's lots of problems out there, but people get so wrapped around their emotions that they they throw out the good with the bad when somebody says something from the opposite side. Absolutely, Justin. I agree with you completely that there's a real need for, for moderation in D.C. Yeah, and we are uh, we are the superpower right now. But I, I got to tell you, I don't I believe within 10 years, if not sooner, I haven't seen all the trajectory China and India very well could surpass us. And we as a country, we need to stop eating, you know, eating, feeding on ourselves and start looking outward a little bit because we will be surpassed if we don't. I I, I absolutely agree with you. And I I will absolutely agree with you. And what I believe is it's the emotional side. I agree. I think there's lots of people that have the knowledge of what you just articulated. Right. But we're a very emotionally run (laughs) world right now or or country right now. Right. So. So true. And that was, again, not any shot at either party I'm yep. with you. Um, I, I believe there's lots of blame to go around on both sides. And there's lots of good ideas on both sides yes, as well. There are. Right? And if we could emotionally get past those things and do what's right for the country and do what's right for all of us, we'd be in a lot better situation. But I agree with you. There's, there's problems on the horizon as well if we don't tackle our emotions. 
So true. And, and for those just tuning in, we're speaking with entrepreneur, business coach, and public speaker, Anthony McCarley, CEO of McCarley International. So let's turn a little bit here. So I like to dive in. My show is a lot about best practices and strategies for leaders and entrepreneurs and everybody to thrive. So let's a couple of quick questions here. Um, what are a few secrets of your success through the years? And we've covered a little bit and how you got into marathon swimming and, and, you know, even how that's led you in the business world. But what are some of your secrets of success? Well, you know, I'm a real believer in a, in a few things. And we, we've talked a lot about emotional control. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and I, so we won't go through that, but that is a huge critical piece. The other thing, I, I, I'm a real true believer in constant learning, right? When I, yes. and what I mean by that is, you can learn from so many different situations, right? We've all heard about CQI and continu- you know, yes. continuous quality improvement, all those kinds of things. But I believe in continuous quality learning. And you can learn from so many sources in so many different ways. And quite frankly, that's what Marathon Swimming was for me. It really helped me crystallize my own business philosophies and how I looked at things by applying the business situations to such art, you know, such difficult, challenging tasks. But yeah, so I, I'm a big consumer of books and reading and, and trying to codify all those kinds of things, figure figure out patterns and, and do all that kind of stuff. And I think that there's there's just a set of folks in the world that have reached a level of success, but they don't know where to go, right? And they don't know what to do. And what I help them do is I help them get to that next level. And again, I, I coach a lot of business executives who are way better than I am. And I'm not going to tell you they're not way better than I am. But what I like to try to do is bring out the best in them in a similar way that a, you know, if you look at a college, a professional basketball team, let's say, right, pick out your favorite basketball player. Well, he has a coach, right? If you look at the, you know, you look at um, the 76ers, you look at um, the Spurs, right? Quan and Leonard, right? He could beat Popovich in a one-on-one game, no problem. But yet Popovich is the one who still brings the best out of him as a, as a player, right? And so it's not my job to try to beat anybody one-on-one. And so I, I become very much part of the inner circle, very much part of that CEO's place to go and spend time and have somebody to talk to and bring out the best. And I think that's really important. And I think continuous learning is part of that, mm-hmm. learning from lots of different sources, including a business coach. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Learning how to tackle your emotions are a big deal. I think, you know, there's lots of people in business that can do the physical side of business. There's lots and lots of people that know the knowledge, right, that have lots of knowledge. But it comes, you know, to those things. It's continually learning and it's tackling your emotions. I love it. Strong. So now turning inward a little bit more about kind of what makes you tick. Uh, and you, again, you covered some of this, but overall, why do you do what you do? What do you and what, what do you hope to achieve in your current role? You know, um, I, I, as I mentioned, right? If if I this whole business coaching thing happened very organically to me, people were asking me to come do it. But the reason I gravitated so so quickly towards it, right? And it's it's gone so well is I love helping people, mm. and I that's what I do on a daily basis. If you think about your best teachers, your best coaches in life, any of those kinds of things, right? Well, that's what I am, all wrapped up in a, in a nutshell, right? Is I, and it's just so gratifying to see a business go from a tough situation yeah. to a positive situation, right? And so my clients, I, I really like clients that are in transition periods or they're not getting the outcomes 
that they want to have or and by that they could be really doing very well your greenway example right you guys are doing really really well but you got somebody to take you to the next level yes i also like the ones that are in trouble right because that's when actually people are all racked around their actual with emotions right there you're just trying to make payroll in six weeks what am i gonna do the, you know all those kind of things i love those situations and it's so rewarding to help people it's just it just is a great thing it it just feels wonderful to do it so i'm, I'm actually the happy I've, I've had you know reasonable success in my career and i'm happy with my career but this is by far the happiest i've been in my career because it's helped spending so much time making people's lives better Yep. No, I, I actually, I totally agree. I, I think there's, um, I do advising as well and, and on the strategy side and a little bit on the policy side and, and some corporate growth, but um, it's always fun to work with people who are achieving great things, but certainly um, you do see when, you know, where they, they turn, um, if, if they're not achieving their goals, they do tend to, uh, to turn inward in some ways that uh, start to attack right. each other and, and be able to, you know, get them out of that and allow them to uh, to really achieve their goals, hit some new metrics on, on what they need to um, and hopefully, uh, you know, build their business or have an exit that they need to have. So I agree with you completely. Right. And, and this is where right, and this is where taking looking at the person holistically. Yeah. And, and that's what I do. That's what I think that's one of the things that makes me different than others. I look at the whole person that I'm working with and not just you know, their business side or the business results, right? And so I have a nanotechnology client where I work through with the C and he gives me total credit for this, right? I helped him sleep better at night. He was not sleeping. He was so caught up in a whole bunch of things that needed to be worked through that we actually spent uh, like a, a day figuring out how to organize his day in a way so that things that were that were threats to the business in the future could be put off, things that had to be dealt with today could be dealt with today. And we just reorganized the whole way that he approached his day. And he gave, he gives me total credit to this day. He told everybody, so I'm not giving up yeah. any secrets here, right? He gives everybody total credit for the fact that I help him sleep at night. Yep. So, but I don't think you can ex execute well in business unless you're sleeping well at night. I, we're actually going to say that. If you didn't add that last sentence, I was going to add it for you. So that, that <laughs> you got so thank you. rest. I actually talk about that almost every day with a lot of my friends who, and actually you, you made a great tweet or you put a tweet out there that I saw um, uh, just today, actually. I forget when you sent it out, but it was about, you know, not sending emails after hours. It's not good for your employees. It's not good for your company. It's not good for you. And I couldn't agree more um, with that. So it was actually, you saw that out on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough thing to do, but I think that everybody needs a little. So even though I, I was talking earlier about how I became busier with swimming, and I think because it was like a high school student who's really busy with athletics, they've shown over and over again, they do better in academics as well because they just become so disciplined in all their life. So even though I was picking up more and more to do with the marathon swimming, mm -hmm. The business excelled because I became more disciplined yes. everywhere. But as you do more and more, I'm still also a real believer that you do need reflection time. You do need that downtime. And if you're constantly being monitored by monitors, yes. right, yourself, right, if you're yep. constantly looking at the screen, then you're not spending the time you need to do to, to look inward. Yep. Right. You, so all, all the executives I were, I asked them to look inward as well and re spend time reflecting upon their own performance, what they're doing, how they can make things better, all those kinds of things. Again, I don't do things for anybody. I just help them think about their situation in a way differently than they think about it. Yep. 
I agree. So here we have two two minutes left. So two quick questions. Okay. To get through. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. What do you do for community and charity investing? That's something that you know we talked a little bit offline. It's near and dear to my heart. But where do you give your time or invest your time, talent, and treasure? Yeah, and that, and that's the beauty, right? Is that uh, you know this this my whole life right now happened because I was giving back, right? And it still continues now. So I spoke to 500 high school students uh, just last week, and I gave them the same talk that I charge charge corporations. I gave it to them for free, right? So I still talk to swim teams. I still go talk to high schools. I do all those kinds of things, and because the, the things that I talk about in my main presentation is applicable for anybody who has a dream or an idea or a concept or anything that they want to move from that to actual real results and accomplishments. And so, I mean, I, I that's how, and I, I tell you, it's very well received. People don't speak very highly of high school kids anymore and all that kind of stuff. But I tell you, I was around for two hours after that presentation last week or two weeks. And because I was around there because so many students wanted to come and follow up. They wanted to talk more and they, it resonated with them so much. That's so I awesome. give back by continuing to do talks. I love it. So last question, about 45 seconds. And I think I may know the answer to this, but where's your favorite place to get or be inspired? <laughs> you know, a lot of people get their great ideas in the shower. Yeah. I actually get it in my really long workouts because, again, I'm swimming alone. Yeah. I don't wear ear pod. I don't listen to music or anything. So I oftentimes I'll have great ideas. I'm by my estimate, great ideas while I'm swimming. As soon as my workout's over, I pop out, I get on my phone, and I'll send myself an email with all the notes of my thoughts. So that's where it happens. It happens when I'm swimming. Yeah, I guess I'm not too far off from that. You and I have a lot of similarities, but mine's working out for sure. I don't wear headphones. I actually I run. I'm also the open water. I'm a big boater. I love being on the water. That's where we, you know. Our mutual friend Al is up there, and I get up there quite a bit to, to Lake Lanier and get out to the ocean. But I love being on the water to clear my head. But when I run is when I take you know the, the deepest thoughts, the best strategies, and I get home and I write everything down. So Right. Good for you. Same, yeah, same system for me. Yes, excellent. Yep. Anthony, thank you so much for being on the show. Truly appreciate you taking the time to, to join us. Uh, I know you've got a busy schedule, my friend, so thanks again. Thank you for having me, Justin. It was a great pleasure. You got it. And thanks to everyone for listening and joining us today. Please tune in weekdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HIT Advisor and use the hashtag ThisJustinRadio so we can respond to your comments from the show. If you missed this uh, episode or anyone here, any other ones that we have out there, they're all posted on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Google Play, and TuneIn. So a lot of great growth in our, uh, in our distribution over the last couple of weeks and months. So thank you so much to my production team for that. Uh, and we've also launched a new website at justinbarnes.com so you can check that out thanks everyone have a terrific week